you for joining us at Bangalore Revival Center. We are a church that's dreaming revival with God and serving people in love. It is our desire to equip you to represent Jesus and carry his great joy to the ends of the earth. If you'd like to learn more about us, you can visit dreamingrevival.com. Now, as you listen to the word, we believe that God will minister to you. Let's go to the first verse for today. This is the verse for the series. Let's read it out together. First time we look at the screen and we say it. The second and the third time we do it without the screen. Ready? One, two, three, go. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. It is more blessed to give than to receive. This is Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. Okay? Now look away from the screen and speak it out loud. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Jesus, it is more blessed to give than to receive. Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. Now look at your neighbor in, in their eyes and, and you should tell them, you should remember too. Guess what? You should remember that it is more blessed to give than to receive. This is what it says in Acts chapter 20 and verse 35. Amen. Amen. Uh, so this has been such a great scripture to, to uh, become the foundation of this series. You know, if you notice, we did not pick up Luke chapter 6 verse 32, the verse that says give and it will come back to you. Although that is a, that's a part of um, giving, that when you give, you will be blessed. There's no doubt about it. But that is not the foundation of this series. Amen. Come on now. That is not the foundation. Now the foundation of our series is what Jesus said when he said that it is more blessed to give than to receive. Yes, we can expect God to bless us. Yes, God will bless us. Yes, God will take care of our needs. And yes, God will provide for all of our needs. And we've been hearing that again and again and again throughout the entire series. But that is not the focus of our giving. Our, the focus of our giving is the fact that we love God and we want to give to God. Amen. The Apostle John, he says, uh, we love because he first loved us. He first gave to us. He the first person to initiate a transaction to give towards us and that is why we respond back in giving back to him amen, amen. so we're going to continue talking about covenant giving genesis chapter 9 verse uh, sorry give me the verse 12 this is what god spoke to noah if you remember this then god said i am giving you a come on loudly i'm giving you a a sign of my covenant god already made a covenant with them now to prove that I am going to keep this covenant that I have made with you. What did God do? God gave him a sign. Everybody say a sign. 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 God gave them a sign. Uh, 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 God gave them a, a rainbow as a sign of his covenant towards them. Amen. Now the thing is this. It says that whenever you look at this, you would remember the covenant that I have with, made with you, the promise that I have made with you. Amen? Now this is how 
Old Testament, whenever they made a covenant, David and Jonathan, that was one of the fantastic examples, you remember, right? Jonathan made a covenant, David and Jonathan made a covenant and, and how Jonathan gave almost everything that was on him to David. And he said, hey, I, I really trust and believe and agree with what you said, what, you have, what we are making a promise over. And there was a giving involved to seal the covenant or the promise that was made with each other. Amen? So, in the New Testament, there were several uh, instances where we talk about people that got into a covenant relationship with a man of God or with a, a pastor or with a leader, somebody who has been used by God. How do you think Jesus did ministry all throughout his life? There were a few women, you know, who used to walk with Jesus, who used to travel everywhere Jesus went. You know, they were, they were of the royal household. And they, uh, the Bible gives us their names called Salome and, and, and a couple of others it says they they were wealthy and they traveled with Jesus everywhere and these guys were the prominent supporters of Jesus can you imagine that Jesus's financial supporters were not men they were women all the sisters in the house said an amen they were the ones who supported and took care of Jesus because all the guys, they quit their businesses. They said, you know, we're just going to follow this man for the rest of his life. We don't care about anything else. It's the women who were working in palaces, who were working uh, in, in royal places that took care of the expenses of Jesus when he traveled around and he did ministry. And the same goes for all the other apostles. The best example that we have to study because, you know, he is uh, the most vocal person in the New Testament is of Apostle Paul because he's written more books than almost all the other guys, right? Now, if you study the life of Apostle Paul, he would, you know, work and, and make a living for himself wherever he goes. He would, whenever, whenever he goes to a city, he would preach and in the evenings and work in the mornings and then he will find a place to uh, stay and make his living and so that he will not be a burden on the church at all but there was a one particular church you know how many churches did apostle paul plant so many right he traveled so many places but there was one particular church who had spiritual intelligence and this church said no 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 you can do that in Corinth, you can do that in Thessalonica, but when you're in our church, you can't do that. Not only did this church take care of the pastor's need, take care of Apostle Paul's needs. After Apostle Paul left from the church, the church continued to take care of Apostle Paul. They would send people regularly. You know, back in the day, there was no Google Pay, right? There was no bank transfer. There was not even, there's not even, you know, planes so that if somebody has to take cash, you can't take it in time. If you collect the money here and you take it there, by the time you take it there, it's three, four months by the time it reaches the destination. Because they should travel by road and by ship and by waterways, all of that. Can you imagine the effort that it would take to send money from one place to the other? And this church decided that we are going to take care of our man of God. A man of God doesn't want our money, but we are going to take care of our man of God. They got into a covenant relationship with their apostle, with their father, with their man of God. Let me just throw it out there. Any guesses which church this is? Ephesians? Philippians? Any other church? 
Ephesians, okay? Any? It's definitely not the church at Corinth because you see Paul writing to them saying, hey, I was not a burden to you when I came to preach to you. I didn't even take a single penny from you. Which other church could it be? Macedonia, okay, very close. Uh, Galatians, okay. Church at? Church? Church of Timothy. Now, Timothy did not have an individual church. He was like a bishop. Uh, for, for one season, Timothy was a bishop over Ephesus. When he died, he was a bishop over Ephesus. But Timothy traveled around with Paul everywhere he went. And wherever Paul couldn't go, Paul would send Timothy to go and oversee the churches, especially during the times when he was imprisoned and he couldn't go in person, he would send Timothy. And to this particular church also, Apostle Paul, you would, if you read it, uh, read this book, you would see how Paul sent this uh, man of God, sent Timothy to this particular church. Now, we are talking about the church at Philippi. The church at Philippi is, is the, if you study Philippi, it's a capital, it's almost like a central, it's like a main place in Macedonia. Macedonia is like a district or like a province or like a state. And, and, and let's say Karnataka is Macedonia, Bangalore is Philippi. You understand what I'm saying? Now, the church at Philippi, it, it, it partnered with Apostle Paul and made sure that no matter what happens, no matter, even if they don't have enough, they would make sure that Apostle Paul had enough. They said, you know, when you're in Corinth, you can work. But when you're here, you're not working. We'll make sure that you have the liberty to travel. We'll make sure that you have the liberty to stay. We'll make sure that you have the liberty to do whatever you want to do. We will take care of your expenses. Amen. So that's what we're going to study about. This is, in my opinion, the New Testament way of partnering with a person. Now, I'll tell you the difference between partnership and giving out of honor to a man of God or giving out of honor to the word that the man of God gave you, that the man of God, you know, released into your life. See, when I see that XYZ person is moving in a particular anointing, let's say a crazy anointing of prophecy or revival or worship, okay? I want to honor the anointing upon this particular man of God and I sow into the man of God. And one of the reasons why the Bible encourages us to do that is so that you can receive a portion of the anointing that this man carries upon himself. Do you understand what I'm saying? But partnership is not like that. Partnership, there's no benefit. Partnership, there's no benefit. You're, you're just giving because you love God. You're giving. You remember we studied this last time also. We, yeah, partnership, you give whatever you give, it is, a, it is a offering that you've given to God. And partnership is not a one-time thing. Like a covenant giving is not a one-time thing. It's a, it's, a, it's a covenant. You're making a covenant saying, you know what? Uh, Apostle Paul, you came and ministered to us. You planted this church. You began this work of God in this place. We're going to make sure that wherever you go, we will take care of your needs. Whatever happens, we will take care. Even if we have or we don't have, we will take care of you. That's a, that's a partnership. It was not a one-time gift. It was a constant giving again and again and again uh, throughout his life. And in fact, Apostle Paul is writing this particular letter 
towards the end of his life, towards the end of his ministry. He is imprisoned in Rome. He is in, a, he is in house arrest at Rome. And the Bible says this, if you read, uh, I have not put the scriptures out there, but the Bible says in Romans, in Acts, the last chapter, Acts 28, I think, in the last verse it says, Apostle Paul reached Rome and he was arrested he was under house arrest in Rome and from there he ministered people used to come and he would minister and the Bible says this is very specifically mentioned and the Bible says he took care of his own expenses come on if you are under house arrest how can you take care of your own expenses See, if, you're, if you have the freedom to go out and work your own way. This guy even paid his own bills for his own house that he was arrested in. What prisoner has to pay his own bill for his own jail that he lives in? Have you seen anything like that? But look at Apostle Paul. He, he lived in such luxury and he, he served in such greatness that he paid the bills that the Roman government was supposed to pay. He lived in a house which under, where he was under house arrest and from there he ministered, he wrote letters, people would come to minister to him and, and, and hear him speak to them and prophesy to them and all of that and he would pay the expenses for all of it. And all of that was because one church, one church. And it was not the wealthiest church. There were more wealthy church in, in, in the area around that time. If you read the book of Revelation, you would hear the names of these wealthy churches. And guess what? Philippi, the church at Philippi is not one of them. The church at Philippi was not a wealthy church, but the church at Philippi was a church who, that had made a covenant with Apostle Paul. Amen? Now that I gave you the background, now let's go into the word. Now everything will begin to make sense. Is that okay? Let's go. Philippians chapter 1 and verse 1. This letter is from Paul and Timothy, slaves of Jesus Christ. I am writing to all of God's people in Philippi who belong to Christ Jesus, including the church leaders and the deacons. Verse 3. Every time I think of you, I give thanks to my God. Whenever I pray, I make my requests for all of you with joy. In other words, any time that he thinks of them, there he's, he's constantly being reminded of them because of their generosity, because of their giving to him. He says, every time I think of you, I give thanks to God for your lives and I am filled with joy because of how you have treated me. Verse 5, it says, for you have been, come on, read it loudly. You have been, no, 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 that's not how we read it. You have been my partners in spreading the good news about Jesus Christ from when? From, from the time you first heard it until now. Now, the church at Philippi, when he's writing this book, I told you, he's writing at the end of his life and he's saying that from then till now from the first day till now you have been what you have been my partners you've not just been a one-time giver you've been a partner you've been regularly helping me in spreading the good news now if you read the the root word of the word partner there it's the word koinonia 
In Greek, the word koinonia means several things. That is why you would see that it is translated in many Bibles as fellowship. You know, most translations, if you read Philippians chapter 1 verse 5, you would see the word fellowship, not partnership. But if you study the word koinonia, you would understand that it's not just about fellowship. You know what we call fellowship? Hanging out together hanging together right like when we catch up for a coffee or we have a dinner or we have a movie night what do we call it we call it fellowship night right but that's not the real meaning of the word fellowship that's not the real meaning of the word koinonia let's read what it means it's these are i have picked it up from two particular dictionaries one is the Strong's dictionary of course and the Thayer's dictionary you know you should, it's very amazing if you can take time when you study the word of God to go into the uh, root meaning of the word and understand what exactly it means in the in the root meaning okay and this is what it says it says this word koinonia it means to be involved in a partnership or to be uh, uh, to be in participation with whatever the other guy is doing or to be a to be benefaction or which means to to be a person that will be a benefactor of this other person uh, or to bring a contribution okay i'll tell you the one that i like the most it is from this Thayer's dictionary it says a sign and a pledge of fellowship do you remember god made a sign of covenant with noah and God gave him a rainbow in the in the heavens to remember the deep covenant, the deep fellowship, the deep relationship that he has had made with Noah. In the same way, it says here that koinonia means it's a it's a it's a it's a sign of a, a pledge, of, a sign or a pledge of fellowship. The other translation is even more, uh, you know, important. It says a gift. A gift or a contribution that exhibits an embodiment or a proof of fellowship do you understand what I'm saying what I'm saying is when God made a promise to Noah saying no longer will I destroy the whole world with water Noah did not always remember that but Noah needed a visible reminder of that of that promise that God had made with people God had made with all humanity and what what did God give as a proof the rainbow and here it says this word koinonia means to 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 be a gift to or to give a gift or to contribute a gift that will be a, a proof of your fellowship with this person a proof of your fellowship it's not just fellowship you understand now the next time you call for fellowship in your house there has to be some proof of your fellowship like, like serve some food or that's why we say any meeting without eating is cheating because you cannot have koinonia and and not have any proof not have any kebabs with it right come on now just talk to me hear my heartbeat okay i'm not trying to demand food i'm just saying when we hang out that's why we 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 make sure to empty our pockets and we even sacrificially we we give why because that is the whole concept of koinonia and apostle paul says hey from the very first time that i met you you have been in koinonia with me you 
have been in this partnership with me. You have been in this participation of spreading the gospel with me. Now this church never traveled with Paul. But he says, wait, wait, wait. But you, you were actually participating in helping spread the good news wherever I went. You gave me a proof of your fellowship with me by supporting me financially. So that wherever I went, I could do it freely. Amen? Come on. I'll, I'll give you one more scripture from the book of Philippians chapter 4. Give me that verse. Philippians chapter 4 and verse 3. There are two words that you will see in this particular scripture. Let's read it out. I ask you my true partner to help these two women for they have worked hard uh, with me in telling others the good news. They worked along with Clement and the rest of my co-workers whose names are written in the book of life. Now I studied these two words. Co-workers and partner. The word co-workers means somebody who has like literally like physically labored with you somebody who has put the hard work okay but the word partner this word is used this is the only time it is used in the bible this word in greek it's called sudzugos i don't know how to properly pronounce it it's it, it's it's you this is the word in greek it says sudzugos okay and this is what it means it means to be to be yoked together or to be united by bond of you remember covenant what is marriage marriage is a a covenant okay and it says to be united by the bond of a marriage or a relationship or office or something uh, that would that would keep that it's like a contract something like a a, a, a bond that keeps two people united this is more intimate than koinonia now you understand what I'm saying? Koinonia was just general participation. and But here Paul says, no, no, no. Now you've been my true sudzugos. Which means you've been like a, 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 a soulmate for me. You remember we studied about soul connection between Jonathan and David last time. Where two people were whose souls were knit together. And here is Apostle Paul giving the same term to the church at Philippi. And he's saying, hey, you know what? We've been yoked. We've been co-yoked. That's why another place Paul says, do not be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. You remember that? And here he says, hey, you, we've been yoked. We've been co-yoked in the, in the, in the ministry. Now, you guys have never traveled where I have traveled, but wherever I have traveled, it is your portion. It's like this. My wife has not necessarily gone to as many nations as I have gone to. But wherever I have gone to, my wife has gone to those places. Why? Because God made us one. We are one. Anybody that has had a word with my wife has technically has had a word with me. Why? Because we are one. Uh, anybody that insults me has also insulted my wife. If any one of you try to insult my wife, you've also insulted me. It's because, why? Because we are one. We are yoked together. In the same way, Apostle Paul says, now, my dear friends, you are my true sudzugos, or now we are like united together in a bond. Because of the way that you have invested your koinonia into me, now we are not just koinonia, we've gone beyond that. Now it's like a bond, it's a covenant relationship. It's a much deeper relationship that you and I share. And because of that, everything that I touch, it's equivalent to you touching them. Everywhere that I go, it is equivalent to you going. Every person that I raised from the dead, it is equivalent to you raising them from the dead. Every person that got healed in my ministry, 
ministry. It is equivalent to being healed in your ministry. Every person that I supported and I helped and I brought to the Lord, it is equivalent to you bringing that person to the Lord. Come on now. We're talking about a deeper relationship than Koinonia now. Amen? Let's study the, the kind of relationship that, that Paul had with the church at Philippi. Let's go back to the beginning, okay? Give me the next verse. If you go to Philippians chapter 1 verse 5, we read this scripture. What does it say? For you have been my partners in spreading the good news about Christ. From when? From the time you heard it first until now. From the very first day till now. Which is from the beginning of the of the of of me coming to you to this day when i have been preaching this good news uh, towards the end of my ministry right and so that is why we have to go back and study where did apostle paul plan this church let's study this okay very interesting the book of acts chapter 16 and verse 11 he says we boarded a boat at troas and sailed straight across to the island of samothrace and the next day we landed at neopolis verse 12 from there we reached philippi a major city of the district of macedonia and it was a roman colony and we stayed there several days verse 13 on the sabbath we went a little way outside the city okay to a river bank where we thought people could be meeting for prayer and we sat down to speak with some woman who had gathered there so apostle paul said okay i i don't know how to let where to start this is a, this this is a gentile city it's not a heap Hebrew city so it's not like you know you wouldn't find Christians gathering every now and then so let's go to a place outside wherever probably all the gatherings you know back then by the riverside all the women would gather to wash and and to pick up you know carry water and all of those and Apostle Paul said let's go and at least meet up with some women and minister to these guys right so he goes there verse 14 one of them was Lydia from Tyra, a merchant of expensive purple cloth who worshipped God. As she listened to us, the Lord opened her heart and she accepted what Paul was saying. In other words, this Lydia, she was the first person to open her heart. Now, Apostle Paul has come to the city and, 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 is start, and is looking for opportunities to minister right he is with probably with Timothy no he is with Silas I will will know this in the next uh, few paragraphs we'll see how Paul and Silas were put into prison you remember and in the middle of the night they sang a song an earthquake happened you know where was that at Philippi I was at a Philippi so so he's there with Silas and, and he's he always travels with a team and he's there he's ministering and the first person to open the heart to Jesus was this lady called Lydia and the Bible says she was a rich woman she was a merchant of expensive purple cloth you know we would think what's so big deal about purple cloth back then purple cloth was 
was royalty you know that's the cloth you would sell to kings and queens so you you wouldn't uh, uh, you wouldn't uh, be paid anything in you know small times you would be paid in gold to become a purple cloth merchant right now now this was the lady that first opened her heart to Jesus and the bible says she worshiped god and she opened her heart and because she opened her heart to god immediately she said no 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 i cannot let these men go away if you see in the previous chapters and the next chapter so many people got saved in apostle paul's ministry but nobody treated him the way this woman did this woman probably had read the story of the shunamite woman in the old testament who built a, a house for elisha do you remember that we studied that one of the giving series right and the bible says in the next verse she told apostle paul she and her household were immediately baptized and she asked us who is this us paul and silas and luke and all the team members they're saying hey why don't you be our guest if you agree that i am a true believer in the lord then you have to come and stay at my house now the next line is interesting it says she urged us until we agreed in other words apostle paul would have said no 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 i have a principle i usually you know make tents and and i make my own living but she said no 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 you can do that in corinth you can do that in thessalonica but here in bangalore here in my city you cannot work and live here we will take care of your staying expenses here we will take care of your living expenses and and she said hey let me make it comfortable let me make it easy for you to do ministry here and the church was started or formed in her house and from her house the 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 gospel started going to the rest of macedonia to the rest of the area you know so philippi was technically the capital city of macedonia technically a, a capital city in macedonia in thyatira where uh, where lydia's house is is also part of macedonia and and the bible says how from her house the the gospel spread to everywhere 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 the word of god spread you know when apostle paul was beaten and he was put into jail and he got out of jail the first house he went was to lydia's house and say hey you know what i think it's time for us to leave but this is the amazing thing in, in acts chapter 17 he moved on he went to thessalonica the thing is lydia because she was now pioneering this movement in in her house and through her house from wherever the word of god went now the thing is because she was a giver everybody that came in touch with her automatically became a giver see who you fellowship with matters a lot if you fellowship with stingy people you will hang, you will end up becoming a stingy person if you are if you are constantly hanging out with people who are cribbing about giving to god then you will become the same you will start cribbing about giving to god but because there was one lydia in this church who was passionate about partnership with the man of god who planted this church because there was one lydia in this church that was serious about her her desire to be in that suzukos covenant relationship with the man of god you know what the rest of the church caught it the rest of the church caught it whereas in the other churches there were other pastors other leaders other men and women of god who were cribbing hey what is paul done for us 
Paul is, uh, you know, he talks like this in the letters, but when he comes in person, he's not, you know, he's not really eloquent when he comes and preaches. You know, do you know that they said Paul was a boring preacher? He act, they, they actually wrote to him. Then they said, you know, people are saying that in, the, in your letters, you're making, uh, you know, big profound statements, but in person, you're like, uh, you know, you're not really very great. You know, it's like saying, man, in your Facebook and uh, Twitter posts, you're really good. But when you come to preach, there is no enthusiasm. You know, we, are, we, are, we don't like this. I like you better on Facebook and Twitter, not on, in person. And, and they didn't, you know, so people question Paul like this in other places. But in Philippi, this lady called Lydia, she said, no, no. We are going to have a different lifestyle in our church. Our church will be a church that partners. Our church will be a church that realizes the value of covenant relationship with our men of God. Come on now. Are you getting where we are going with this? Yes. I pray that you and I will become very intentional at becoming people that are partners in what God is doing partners with other people that are serving the Lord you know they are not necessarily able to they are able to do things that you are not necessarily able to do but you can by being equally yoked with that person you can become a partner in what that person is doing and when that person does something it is equivalent to you doing it now I know that I'm not I'm not necessarily called to start an orphanage I'm not necessarily called to start a, a mental health institution. I'm not necessarily called to, to do a lot of things. You know, there are many people who give me ideas. Why don't you do this? And why don't you do that? And I'm like, as much as I'd like to do that, it looks fancy and amazing and it's easy. We have there is All of that is possible. But I don't think I'm called to do it. But there is something that I can still do. I can partner with somebody else who is doing that. I can partner with somebody else who, is, who has a heart for doing orphanages and guess what it's like me doing it I can I can be in a ghost relationship with somebody else who is involved in in, in, in preaching in America or in, in in preaching in places where I I don't have an invitation to there are things where I, I have invitations to. There are places where I have an open door to. There are places where, you know, we have, you know, access to go to minister. Let's put our resources to go there. But yet, there are other places where we don't necessarily have access to. But we can partner with other people who have access to those places. You can give to a man of God who has access to the president's palace and by virtue of it you have walked into the president's palace do you understand what i'm talking about you don't necessarily need to be in the president's palace to influence the president you can give or you can be in a partnership with somebody else who is going into that place and you can access the president's palace by just being in relationship being in this in the suzuko's relationship not just koinonia, but koinonia is very, is something we can have with everybody. But Sutsugos is, is more personal, it's more intimate. It, is, it goes beyond just a one-time giving or two-time giving. It's a, it's a lifetime commitment, it's a covenant. It's saying, hey, I'm not, this is a relationship that I don't want to give up on. This is a relationship we're going to give to the end because I believe in what you're doing and I want to stand with what you are doing. Amen? Let's read a few more scriptures from Philippians chapter 4 and verse 10 
you know in fact the whole chapter philippians chapter 1 to 4 is paul's thank you letter to the church at philippi for sending him a gift okay he is now almost in a very challenging situation living in a prison in his house arrested prison right and and he says how i praise the lord that you are concerned about me again everybody say again okay. so this is not the first time these guys are doing it it says you're, you're concerned about me again and i know that you have always been concerned about me but you didn't have the chance to help me like i told you there was no western union back in the day right so they did not have the opportunity to help him because by the time they send somebody from here to thessalonica paul has gone from thessalonica to corinth by the by the time this guy goes from thessalonica to corinth paul has gone to the net city he is he was a traveler he was very hard you have to put him in a prison to make sure that some support reaches him you know that's how hard it was for this church to help him this church was constantly working out ways in which we can help him finally they sent a man called Ephroditus if I if I have pronounced it right okay and this guy it says in Philippians chapter 3 that he almost died in the journey to bring this money to Paul he was sick he was sick to the like to, the, to a really bad extent and then not only did he bring money to Paul he started serving Paul and he started encouraging Paul and he started saying hey our church is praying for you Paul don't be discouraged you know Paul had his low moments too right even though he was a man of he had his low moments and the Bible says how Aphroditus his coming to meet Paul was such an encouragement for him and he was like man it was not just your giving but even his very presence it was such a blessing to me right and and he's coming and telling them telling Paul see how does Paul know all these things because this guy brought the news he's saying we've been trying to support you all this while but we didn't find a way to or a chance to help you verse 11 now that I not that I was ever in need for I have learned how to be content with whatever I have you know Apostle Paul would never complain about the fact that he doesn't have his needs met right give me the next verse it says in verse 12 I know Come on, read it with me. I know how to live in almost nothing or with everything. I have learned the secret of living in every situation, whether it is with a full stomach or empty, with plenty or with little. Okay, see what is Paul saying? Guys. I'm, I'm so glad that you are concerned about me. But don't think that I'm, I'm, I'm happy because, you know, I want your gift. You know, I don't want you. I've learned to live happy when I have a lot, when I don't have. I've learned to be content with whatever we have. Right? The next line. It says in verse 13. For I can do everything through Christ who gives me strength. What he's saying is, when I have a lot, it is the, it is the grace, it is the, uh, the fact that I have, um, you know, strength that I receive from Christ, which gives me the grace to do 
this to keep my mind in check and to not be proud when I have everything. When I don't have everything, when, when I have nothing, when I have little, when, I, when nothing, none of my needs are met, that time, through the same Christ, I can, I can still be strong, I can still feed myself, I can still keep myself going, I can still keep myself encouraged. All I need is Jesus. Come on now. What is he saying? He's saying, guys, church at Philippi, listen to me. I don't need you. Come on. You understand what Paul is trying to say? He's saying, I really don't need you. Without you, the Lord has helped me to be content when I have a lot and when I have nothing. Without you, God has helped me to be fine and okay when I had my stomach full and when my stomach was empty. Okay, but the next verse 14 is very important. But even so, you have done well to share with me in my present difficulty. In other words, right now when Ephroditus is coming with money, Paul doesn't have anything. He is coming in a time when Paul is in great difficulty. Right? And Paul says, see, church, listen, I don't need your money. I don't need your support. I don't need your help. But you've done a good job by helping me in my present difficulty. Let me say this, okay? It is, it is Paul's greatness that Paul would be content even when he doesn't have money. But it is the greatness of the church at Philippi to not let Paul be hungry. You understand that there is two, two different things. I'm not saying that the Paul has to be dependent on the church. If you are called into ministry, if you are called by the Lord, don't go around saying, hey, it is your job to feed me. No, it is not anybody's job to feed you. It is only the Lord's job to take care of you. And you can do everything through Christ who strengthens you. Because you and I, we don't live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. So as long as I have Jesus, I can remain alive. Amen. All the men of God, you will not die of starvation. Amen. Your children will not drop out of school because of lack of fees. Nothing. You will not lose anything in life. You can do everything through Christ to strengthen you. Right? However, it is the greatness of the church at Philippi that said, no, I understand you, you can be content with whatever little you have. But no, you are our man of God. You have served us. And now it is our turn to partner with you. It says, it is the greatness of this particular church to be able to partner with Apostle Paul and say, wait, no, we're not going to allow you to be in difficulty. We're going to make sure to track you down wherever you are. You know, it's not like Apostle Paul had a Facebook account that would update every now and then saying, you know, okay, now I'm in a prison in, you know, in Rome. By the time the word gets back to this place, it'll be a few months or years. And then to bring the support here, to raise money and to bring, it'll take time. And, and they did everything. It's a lot of hard work that this church did to make sure to provide for Apostle Paul on a regular basis. And that is what Apostle Paul says, hey, you have done well. 
can I, can I declare this over our church that our church will be a church that does well in these areas our church will be a church that knows how to partner with the right people with the right things and in, in, in the in the right ways our church is a church that knows how to do well that we will not take the fact that our pastors are leaders don't demand money uh, that, that they don't ask for money that they don't need our money for granted that we will be a church that will give even when our pastors or our leaders don't need money amen we'll, we'll know how to partner with people give me the next verse verse 15 it says you know this now now Paul is getting to the reality of it it says as you know you Philippians were the isn't that sad it says you Philippians were the only ones who gave me financial help. everybody else gave prayer help pastor we'll pray for you pastor you go bindas you go pastor one church who said no 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 prayer is not enough we'll also give you finances we'll i know that you know you're a father and all but this we'll make sure that you have a place to stay we'll make sure that you have a, a vehicle to drive we'll make sure that you have your needs being met we'll make sure that you are not under pressure to to take care of your own finances so that you can just freely serve and minister and and we will take care of your needs and and he says you are the only ones who gave me financial help when i first brought you the good news not just when i came okay but then when i traveled on from macedonia to other places no other church did this let me tell you this our church the way that our church will partner with the work of the gospel i'm telling you it'll be a history making church our church will give and serve in a way that no other church has done no other church if you're watching online and you're from another church don't feel jealous about our church this is an area where we have decided that we are going to do the best we've decided no 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 we are not going to be satisfied with just a little our church is going to do outdo all other churches if we have to compete this is the one area we can compete in come on we're not going to compete in how many people come to your church we are not going to compete in how many likes you have how 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 high the note your pastor or your worship leader can sing we're going to compete in our ability our willingness to give to the lord we want to excel in our giving amen the next verse it says in verse 16 even when i was in thessalonica that was the next place paul went to from philippi you sent help how many times not once but more than once i don't say this because i need a gift from you you guys were excellent in the way that you helped me more than once you sent and he says i'm not even reminding you this so that i can get something else from you this is why i'm telling you verse 17 he says this is why rather i want you to receive a reward for your kindness what if why is paul reminding the church of what they have done see if paul would not have written this we would never have known what the church at philippi did but paul is reminding them and he's saying i'm reminding you to tell you you've done this you are going to receive a reward for your kindness you will receive a reward for your kindness i like the niv translation better it says not that i desire your gifts what i desire is that more somebody say more, more. be credited into your account 
How many of you know that you have an account in heaven? You have an account that you're, that, 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 that when you give to ministry, when you partner with somebody who is doing ministry, Apostle Paul says, hey, this is what I'm gonna, this is why I'm reminding you so that more can be added back into your account. This is why I'm teaching you. This is why I'm, I'm making this as a principle and as an instruction. I'm writing this to you as a letter to teach you how important it is to continue or doing what you're already doing. Because the more you do, the more will be added into your account the more will be added back into your account you have an account in heaven you have an account you have a treasure chest in heaven that the 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 banks and the governments of this world don't have access to and there is a way that you can invest into the into your account in heaven by partnering with ministries and ministers of gospel here on this earth amen the next verse uh, wow Let's read this, okay? At the moment, I have all I need. You remember the previous word? What did he say? You gave me in my difficulty. Okay, you remember how, how Paul was when Ephroditus came? He was in a difficult time, in a difficult season. And he says, now that you brought me money, I have all that I need. And more, I am generously supplied with the gifts that you sent me with Ephroditus. No, 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 hold on, hold on. Are you ready for the next verse? Yes? yes. 100% ready? Yes, sir. And he says, now they, all the gifts that you sent me, you remember, Panas reminded us of this, that covenant giving becomes worship. You remember this? And here is Apostle Paul saying, whatever you gave to me, whatever you did to take care of my difficult situation, they became a sweet smelling sacrifice that is pleasing, acceptable and it is pleasing to God. Paul, 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 you, you're saying that you, 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 you're saying that when people gave to you that is like worship? Yes, that is exactly what it is because these guys were in a Sudzugo's relationship with me. These guys were, it was not just koinonia, now it's a Sudzugo's relationship. Very deep and a personal and very intimate relationship. Now everything that these guys did to me they were doing it technically to the Lord it was a sweet smelling sacrifice that was acceptable and pleasing to God now Paul is ready to declare a blessing are you ready to receive a blessing we know this verse by heart but we quote it out of context this was not written for everybody this was written for partners this was written for Sudzugos. You know, some of you have been have been giving monthly into this church, and I know that you are you're giving because you are uh, you 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 believe in the principle of tithing. But I'm telling you what your tithing also does in the church. When you give to the church on a monthly basis, what you're doing is you are entering into a Sudzugos relationship with this church. So anything and everything that this church does, you have a portion in it. You have a stake in it. And this is what Paul says, when anybody who has been in a covenant partnership relationship, when you give, your giving has become a sweet smelling sacrifice that is acceptable and is pleasing to God. And everybody say, and, verse 19, and the same God who supplies or takes care of me will supply all your needs from his 
glorious riches which has been given to us in Christ Jesus. Paul is saying, the same God that takes care of me is now going to take care of you. Why? Because you have partnered with us, right? So anybody that has partnered with this church, the same God that has taken care of this church, the same level in which this church has been blessed, you will be blessed too. The same God will take care of all of your needs, will supply not just your financial needs. I know that some of you don't need financial blessings, but every need, every need, every need. Some of you it may be spiritual needs, some of you it may be emotional challenges, some of you it may be relational issues, whatever need you have. According to his glorious riches, anybody that is in a Sudzugo's relationship will receive a portion of what they are investing into. Somebody said an amen to that. Whatever you're doing in partnership with what God is doing in this church, you will receive. God will take care of all of your needs. God will take care of all of your needs. God knows. God knows how to bless you. God knows how to take care of your need. When you are in a... Let me tell you this. We'll all be in a crisis situation one day or the other. And that is when our giving in the past days will have to come looking for us at that, at that point of time. Amen? And the Lord says, I'm going to help you. I'm going to take care of you. I'm going to supply all of your needs. Not according to your giving. That is a different kind of giving. This is a Sudzugo's relationship. See, when you give to be blessed, it says give and it will come back to you in the same measure that you gave. But when you give in partnership, that's the, not the same relationship. You don't get according to the measure that you gave. You get according to the measure that is in the riches of heaven. You get according to the, the glorious riches in heaven. That is the measure in which God will take care of all of your needs. Paul is actually, you know, boasting about this particular church in another scripture. Give me the next verse. This is 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 1. And he's talking about the church at Philippi and all the other churches at Macedonia, okay? All the Macedonian churches. And he says, Now I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the churches in Macedonia. Verse 2. They are being tested by many troubles. And they are very poor. But... They are filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. In other words, these guys are not like, you know, everything is taking care of things. They have their own struggles. They have their own challenges in different areas. But the Bible says, in spite of being in trouble, they said, we're not going to let our trouble stop us from giving to God. In spite of this, we'll still give. Verse 3. I love verse 3. Read it out, okay? For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford but far more and they did it out of their own free will see I know that there is some things that we can afford you know that there are things that we can afford to give afford to do but that is not what becomes worship what becomes worship is when you give what you cannot afford to give when you give more than what you can afford to give I, I know that some of you 
may wake up in the morning and you're like man today my mental state is not such that I can come to church I can go to church my emotional state is not ready to 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 give worship to God I can, I'm, I cannot afford screaming and shouting and being around so many people but let me tell you but when you do what you cannot afford to do that is what is real worship if you're able to do and you did it it's not a big deal but you, when you did what you are not able to do beyond what you are able to do you stretch yourself you sacrifice some other things and you do it man that is something which is a pleasing sacrifice sweet smelling sacrifice acceptable and pleasing to God amen verse 4 he says they begged me why for money no 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 they begged me for an opportunity for a privilege of sharing in the gift for receiving for, to, for, for, the, for the believers in Jerusalem. Verse 5, he says, they even did more than we had hoped. Apostle Paul had made a mental figure of how much this church at Macedonia will, will give to God. He said, these guys, they blew out our expectation more than what we hoped for their first action was to give themselves to God and then to us. You remember the lady, Lydia. It says she worshipped, she opened her heart to God and she opened her house to Paul. So they gave first to God. They gave them, come on, are you reading that scripture with me? Yeah, what does it say? Only giving to God? No, no, no. They gave themselves first to God and then to us. Just as God wanted them to do. Now Paul is quoting the church at Philippi and the rest of the churches at Macedonia that came because of the church at Philippi and he's quoting that example and writing to the church to the stingy church at Corinth and he's saying learn from their example they were not as rich as you were but look at how they gave they first gave themselves to God and then they gave themselves to us just as God wanted them to do verse 6 it says so we have urged Titus who encouraged your giving in the first place to return to you and encourage you to finish this ministry of giving. How many of you know that giving is a ministry? Just like prophecy is a ministry, just as pastoring is a ministry. Different ministries in the church, right? There is a proper ministry of giving. Just like there is a gift of prophecy, there is a gift of giving. And I say, now I want you to excel in this ministry of giving. Give me verse 7. Since you excel in so many ways, in your faith, your gifted speakers, your knowledge, your enthusiasm, and your love from us, I want you to now excel also in this gracious act of giving. Look at your neighbor and say, I want you to excel in giving. Look at your other neighbor and say, I want you also to excel in giving. Why? Because God's word says so. Amen? Not because we, we, we like to uh, do this, it's a fancy thing. No, no, because God's word says so. It says, may, uh, may we excel in our giving. Amen? Let's jump to 3 John chapter 1 and verse 5. Now, this is Apostle John writing, okay? What is he saying? Dear friend, you're being faithful to us? No, you're being faithful to God when you care for whom? For the traveling teachers who pass through, even though they are strangers to you, when, when traveling teachers come and you are generous to take care of them, you are being faithful to God. 
your giving is you may think it is to them but it is actually to God verse 6 it says they have come and told us told the church here of your loving friendship or your koinonia okay you remember the basic the basic koinonia friendship please continue providing for such teachers in a manner that pleases God verse 7 they for they are traveling for the lord and they accept nothing from people who do not believe verse 8 it says for so we ourselves should support them so that what does it say so that we can be there again we can be there come on loudly we can be there partners so there is a loving friendship and there is a a partnership you have to decide this season you have to ask the lord say god there are several things that i know that i'm i i may not be able to do or i'm not called to, to do so give me the grace in this season to partner to not just be a friend with somebody like that but to be a partner with somebody who is doing this and and just intentionally sow into this particular ministry sow into and and this doesn't have to just be uh you know just be what we are doing in our church i'm i'm telling you in all honesty i'm not teaching you this principle so that you can do anything more for our church we 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 have more than enough in this season god has god has done more than amazing things for our church in this season i'm teaching you these things because this is a principle in the word of god and if you would do this the the extent of your influence will not be limited to where your hand goes your the extent of your influence will be everywhere that your money goes everywhere the person that you are supporting and and sending on a monthly basis wherever you go wherever they go you are equally yoked with that person your co-yoked the bible says as a word suzugos co-yoked as if in a covenant of marriage one so wherever they go you go to Amen. Let's finish with the next three verses. Philippians chapter 1 verse 7. So it is right that I should feel as I do about all of you for you have a special place in my heart. Paul is speaking to the church at Philippi. You have a special place in my heart and you share with me the special favor of God. So two special things that this church received. One, a special place in Paul's heart and a special favor from God because of their partnership and it says both in my imprisonment and in defending and confirming the truth of the good news this church did not necessarily have the grace to stay faithful when being persecuted but paul had the grace to stay faithful being when being persecuted so when this church gave money to paul it was like this church was going through persecution without all the scars on the body come on now do you understand what i'm saying who is getting the scars on the body paul but this church when they go to heaven they will have a royal welcome they will get a welcome that that martyrs will get what did they do nothing they just gave money to somebody else who was getting beaten up do you understand what paul is saying you were actually sharing in my imprisonment you were actually sharing in me defending and confirming the truth 
verse 6, verse 5. Because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Verse 6, let's finish with this, okay? And I'm certain that God who began this good work within you will continue his work until it is finally finished on the day when Christ Jesus returns. Amen? Has God begun a good work in each of us? Let's believe that God will complete that good work. Let's read this quote for today. And it says, My partnership entitles me to share in the ministry and the rewards of preaching the gospel. Let's read it once again. Make it a memory. Just memorize it. You know, it's, I've just summed up my entire sermon in one statement. Okay? Let's just memorize it. My partnership entitles me to share in the ministry and the rewards of preaching the gospel. Once again, my partnership entitles me to share in the ministry and the rewards of preaching the gospel. Amen. May the Lord show you who you should partner with. May the Lord show you where you should partner. May the Lord open doors for you to be able to partner. Thank you for tuning in. We believe that you are blessed by the word. We would love for you to be a guest on any of the weekends on a Saturday night service at 7 p.m. or a Sunday morning service at 11 a.m. For more information, please visit our website dreamingrevival.com.